When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. The pillow from the antique store was purring. I bought it that afternoon because I thought it looked pretty and fluffy and cozy. Sitting in the display window, the soft fabric shone in the late sunlight, so I ducked into the store and emerged a few minutes later with a wrapped paper parcel. I brought it home and waited until after dinner to unwrap the pillow. Settling against it with my favorite book open and a cup of mint tea, fragrant and steaming in my hands... As I opened the book and began to read, I realized my back was feeling warm and the pillow was vibrating. As the sun went down on Sunday this week, it marked the beginning of Hanukkah, a holiday that is celebrated and important to the Jewish community. In that spirit, this episode features two Jewish storytellers with stories that celebrate the holiday. The first teller is new to the podcast. Joel Ben Izzy has been sharing stories since 1983, bringing them to life with voices, characters, and plenty of humor so as to make sense of this life we all live. He tailors the stories to the needs of every audience he meets, ranging from kids age five and up through high school. He also loves working with college students and adults who he finds are ripe for hearing powerful stories. In the tale he tells for this episode, it's important to listen carefully to the birds in Boy Israel and the Witch. There are many stories told about the great and wise Rabbi Israel, the Baal Shem Tov. And in those stories, he's often told about as the wise old Rabbi Israel. And he wanders through the world making miracles, but this This is a story about him, not when he was the wise old rabbi Israel, but a young boy, the age of my son, Elijah, nine years old. It's the story of little boy Israel and the witch. And I wonder, to set the mood, could we have a tune from the bassoon? Now, this story doesn't actually begin at Hanukkah. It begins in the middle of the summer. In fact, in a very hot day in summer, in fact, there had been no rain for the whole year. It had been a terrible, terrible drought. The crops had all failed. The cows were all thirsty. And the people were sweating. And so it was, little boy Israel wandered out through the woods. And as he walked, he came to a clearing. And there he saw a huge, magnificent old tree. And flowing from the base of this tree 
was a little bubbling stream of fresh water. <sighs> he drank the water from the stream, and it was delicious, fresh, and pure. But more than that, it was magic. For as he drank it, he could hear the birds singing. Can I hear the sound of the birds? Not just that, but he could hear the birds talking. And one said, How about that? The drought, it is terrible. Yes, that is right. It is the worst drought we ever had. Why is it so bad? <gasps> do you not know? It is because of the witch. She cast a spell. Why would she do that? She's a witch. She hates rain. Well, Israel was amazed. First, because he could understand what the birds were saying. Second, because of what they were saying about the witch. And third, because they were speaking with bad French accents. Israel listened more, and the bird said, If only somebody knew that to break the spell, all they had to do was dig it up from under this tree where we now sit, burn it, throw its ashes on the stream, and voila, the drought would be over. Too bad nobody knows that. Too bad. But Israel did know it. And as soon as he heard them speak, he dug under that tree, and after digging for a time, he found a huge box. He opened it up. <coughs> And inside that box was another box. He opened that box up. And inside that box, you know what there was? No, there was a bag. He opened up the bag. And inside the bag, there was a spell. And the spell was horrible. It was written in blood, in the witch's scraggly handwriting. You want to know what it said? No, I can't tell you. Because if I told you and was to say those words, there would be no rain in Berkeley for the next year. You've heard of El Nino? This would be El No-No. Nothing. <laughs> no, no. Suffice to say, the spell was horrible. It hurt his eyes to look at it. He did just as the birds said. He took that spell. He burned it. He threw its ashes on the stream. And as they landed, they popped like so. And the minute the last one popped, a gentle mist came. And then a rain began to fall. The plants were happy. The cows were happy. The people were happy. In fact, everybody was happy except for... The witch. The witch. She said, what's that rain? I cast a spell so there would be no rain. Suddenly there's rain. Somebody broke my spell. Demon. You called? Yes. Go find out who broke my spell. Okay. I should explain the witch lived with a demon, and the demon did all her dirty work for her. I'm not going to go into details of their relationship. Suffice to say... <laughs> that after it stopped raining, the demon went out to hear what the birds were saying. And the birds were talking like so. They said, How about that? What? A little boy named Israel has broken the witch's spell. Incredible. Amazing. A little nine-year-old boy. Wait a minute. Do I believe my ears? A little boy named Israel broke the witch's spell? She is going to hate this. You know why? Because she cannot stand little boys. Except sometimes for breakfast, she'll have maybe two. Or three with yogurt. Yo, witch, yes? Did you find out who broke my spell? Yeah, but you're not going to like it. Was it some wise old woman who knows the ways of her people? No. Oh. Was it a, uh, a miracle-working rabbi? No, it was a kid. Nine-year-old boy named Israel. Nine-year-old boy? Oh, I hate little boys. Except sometimes for breakfast, I'll have maybe two or three with some yogurt. I'm going to go talk to his mother. And she went right to the house of Israel, banged on the door, bong, bong, bong. Are you the mother of one little boy named Israel? I am. Is there a problem? Yes, there's a problem. He broke my spell. 
What kind of a spell was it? It was an evil spell. That's probably why he broke it. You shouldn't cast evil spells. Listen, lady, don't talk to me about morality, okay? You tell your son that if he ever breaks another spell of mine, I am going to turn him into a stone and throw that stone to the bottom of the deepest well in the world. Get it? I'll give him the message. Good. Have a nice day. And off she went. Well, when Israel came home, his mother talked to him about it. But she knew what kind of boy her son was, and she said, You do what you have to do. Now, nothing happened for several months until it came time for Hanukkah. And on the first night, they went to cook their latkes, play with their dreidels, and light their candles, and that is when strange things began to happen. For one thing, the latkes flipped over, and when they flipped, they turned into rocks, so they became rotkas. They're not very good. I don't know if you've had them before. They're terrible. What's more, when they went to light their candles, wind came and blew them out. And finally, every time they went to spin their dreidels, they landed on shin, which is not what you want to get when you're spinning dreidels. The people didn't know what to make of this. They were very superstitious. Only one person in the village had an idea, and that was little boy Israel, who ran out to the woods, came to that clearing, and found there the tree, and from the base of the tree was flowing that stream. He drank from its water, and he once again heard the sound of the birds. Hey, isn't that amazing about what the witches have done? How come we are talking Italian now? We're not, we're not talking French last time? Hey, who knows? We're talking to birds. We do what we like, okay? You know, the witch, she cast a spell because she don't like a Hanukkah. How could someone break that spell? If only they knew that the spell that's ruining all of Hanukkah is buried in the center of a town under the great big menorah. They could take the spell, dig it up, and burn it, throw its ashes upon the stream, and presto pronto, it's finito. eh? Too bad, and nobody knows that. Too bad. But Israel did know it. He went right out to the menorah in the center of town. He dug and dug, and there he found a box. He opened up that box. Inside that box he found... Another box. He opened that box, and inside that box he found. No, he found the little tiny box. He opened up that little tiny box, and you know what he found in that little tiny box? No, oh, a huge box. I don't know how she did it, but she's a witch. There was a huge box. When he opened up that huge box, he found the spell. It was written in blood in the witch's scraggly handwriting. It hurt his eyes to look at it. It hurts my tongue to describe it. He took the spell. He burnt it. He threw its ashes on the stream. And as they landed, they popped like so. Suddenly, all the candles lit themselves. The latkes flipped back over and they were delicious. And the dreidels all landed on Gimel. Everybody was happy except for... The witch. The witch. And what's that? Someone broke my spell. I bet it's the little boy. Could be. Could be. Demon. You go out and turn that little boy into a stone, and then bring him back to me. Okay, I'll do that. So off goes the demon to find Israel. Israel knows he's in trouble. He knows he has to do something. He has to go back to that spot in the woods. And he wanders through the woods till he comes to that huge oak tree. And from the base of that oak tree, he hears the bubbling stream. He drinks the water from the stream. And he hears the sound of the birds. And one says, Do you see what the witch did this time? 
What? What'd she do? She's gonna send the demon to turn little boy Israel into a rock and throw him to the bottom of the deepest well in the world. Oi, are you speaking with Yiddish accents now? Yeah, that's right. If only little boy Israel knew that he could protect himself in two ways. Really? What's that? Simple. One is with water. For if a demon is touched by even a drop of water, he will turn into a little teeny tiny tuna fish. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, of course you didn't. Well, why do you know? The other one is with the Hanukkah candle. Because if a demon is touched by the flame of a Hanukkah candle, he turns into a latka. Is that so? Yeah. Turns into gatkas? Not gatkas, latkas. It just so happened Israel had brought the Shamus candle with him to find his way out to the woods. So he held that candle, and it was just in time because along came the demon who said, All right, I'm going to turn the boy into a stone. <gasps> Fire! Demon, stand back. You know what happens if I touch you with the light of this candle? Yes, I turn into a latka. Do not turn me into a latka. I do not want to die by sour cream. All right, <laughs> demon, do exactly what I say, and you'll be all right. Demon, I know you have magic powers. Make me a bucket. Instantly, at the feet of little boy Israel, appeared a solid gold bucket. The demon was not bright, but he did very good work. Now, demon, make a chain so strong that not even a demon can break it. You know, that's philosophically impossible. Just do it! Suddenly, a chain appeared, one end in boy Israel's hand, the other end around the demon's foot. Israel filled up the bucket of water and then picked up a stone and said, Demon, take this to the witch and tell her it's me. It doesn't look like you. Just do it, and I'll be behind you with the water. So it was the demon went back to the witch, carrying the stone. Yo, witch, here's the boy. I turned him into a stone. Ah, I see, she said, taking the stone. So, little boy, fiddle with my spells, will you? Now I'll throw you to the bottom of the deepest well in the world. But from behind the door, Israel said, I don't think so. What's that? A talking stone? I didn't ask for a talking stone. And Israel said, I'm not a stone. What's that, a talking stone with an attitude? That's even worse. <laughs> and Israel said, I'm not a stone. What's more, you cannot push me or my people around, especially around Hanukkah. <gasps> What's that, a talking stone with an attitude and a message? You are going to the bottom of the deepest well in the world. And Israel said, I don't think so. With that, he stood up, took the bucket of water, threw it right at the witch, and it splashed upon her. And as it hit her, she said... I'm melting. An instant later, there was no sign of the witch at all, just a puddle of green slime. Now you may say, ooh, but the demon said, yippee, that's my boss. I'm out of here. Ding dong. Goodbye. Demon turned to run, but forgot about the chain. He slipped, and an instant later, there was no demon at all. There was a teeny tiny tuna fish. Israel felt sorry for the fish. He put it in a little bottle. And then he did an odd thing. He carried that bottle out to the woods. He climbed that tree. And in the branches where the tree met the trunk, he placed the bottle. He did not tell anyone about what he had done for 50 years. Fifty years later, he was not little boy Israel. He was the wise rabbi Israel, the Baal Shem Tov. And he would take children out with him walking through the woods. And as they did, he would stop and tell them stories. And so one day, he told them stories and said, Are there any questions? 
And the little girl raised her hand and said, I have a question. She said, look behind you. There's a bottle in the tree. Why? He said, go get it. And so she climbed up the tree, and she came down very excited. She said, look, there's a bottle, and in this bottle is a, is a little fish. Why? He said, you wish to know why? Let me tell you a story that happened many years ago. And he told them the story you just heard of little boy Israel and the witch. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Charming's Topiary Tamers. When your hedgerows are no longer in rows, when your bushes are bushy, when your brambles are blocking your bouncy castle, call upon Charming's Topiary Tamers. They manage everything from overgrown gardens to magical mazes. All of the workers are trained in creating fantastical garden animals and managing finicky ferns. Don't hedge your bets. Only Charming's Topiary Tamers can cut through all the brambles and red tape. There's a new review left on iTunes titled Thank You for Kindling a Love of Stories, Five Stars by Cactus Hibbs, who writes, I started listening about a year ago because I was looking for traditional stories for myself. Then I started sharing them with my five-year-old daughter, who had yet to really be exposed to the joy of storytelling. Now we've worked our way through nearly the entire archive, and hardly a commute goes by without a request to listen. Thanks for sparking a love that hopefully will continue for many years to come. Thank you for leaving a review, Cactus Hibs. Your review helps others find and enjoy the podcast. The pillow, the pillow was purring and warm against my back. I sat up so quickly the tea splashed on my book. Peanut butter. I swore. I put the cup down and went to the kitchen and wiped off the book. Then going back to the living room, I looked at the pillow sitting innocently on the couch. I gently ran my hand across the fabric. It began to vibrate slightly. I gave it another swipe with my hand, and the rumble intensified. Stroking it gently, I pet the pillow as it got warm and continued to purr. I smiled and carefully sat down, putting the pillow on my lap. I felt it shift until it was comfortable, and then it really started to rumble. I sat and looked at it for a while, but then picked up my book and tea, balanced it on the pillow, and went back to a very pleasant evening. The second teller for this episode is Cindy Rivka Marshall, a multicultural and Jewish storyteller who tells stories with universal lessons that resonate with a sense of wonder. She teaches storytelling, communication, interviewing, and listening skills, and a story-based approach to teaching. The holiday of Hanukkah is about lamp oil that miraculously lasts much longer than seems possible. This story also features magical oil in the tale the Magic Pitcher. The Magic Pitcher. Long ago, in the land of Iraq, there lived a potter. 
He made beautiful cups and bowls out of clay. And though he worked very hard, he did not always earn enough to feed his family. From the time that she was young, his daughter Rachel sat near her father and watched him make things out of clay. He always gave her a bit of soft clay to play with in her hands. One day, when she was just big enough that her feet could reach to kick the potter's wheel, and her hands were strong enough to shape the clay, her father let her use the potter's wheel. Rachel made a beautiful pitcher. She was really proud of it. Her father showed her how to make a spout and how to make a handle out of clay and attach it. Then, once the clay was dry, she took a brush and she painted on the handle the leaves of the olive tree. She held it in her hands. And as she was holding it, she looked inside. There was a drop of oil. As she held it, the pitcher grew heavier, and slowly it filled with oil. She dipped a finger in and tasted it. The finest of olive oil. She rushed to show her father. It's a miracle, he cried. Immediately, Rachel had an idea. I wish I could go and bring this to grandmother. I could give her the oil. The potter's mother lived down the road a ways, and she also was very poor. Please, father, please, can I bring it to her myself? I want to bring it to her all by myself. I know it's far, and I have to drive the cart with the donkey, but I think I can do it. I'm really old enough. I can? Wow! Her father prepared four other jugs, each closed with a cork, to bring to her grandmother a jug of wine, a jug of milk, a jug filled with honey, and a jug of vinegar. These he arranged carefully in the cart surrounding the pitcher so that the oil would not spill. Rachel climbed into the driver's seat, shook the reins, and the donkey set off. It was a little wooden cart on a very rocky dirt road. As Rachel went along, she hit a bump. Oh, she glanced back. And she could see that some oil had spilled out of her little pitcher. Then she heard a scratchy, strange kind of voice. Rachel, if you give me all of your oil, I can get you to grandmother's house in a wink. Where did that come from? Rachel didn't see anyone around, but the voice didn't make her scared. It made her angry. No, I'm going to Grandmother's house all by myself. She kept on riding, and suddenly she hit another bump. Oh, no! More of the oil spilled. And then 
she heard the screechy, scratchy voice again from somewhere in the cart. Rachel, I can get you to Grandmother's house in a wink. But first, you have to give me all of your oil. No, no, I won't give you my oil. I'm bringing it to my grandmother. Rachel kept on going. And then, there was nothing she could do about it. She hit a really big bump. Oh! This time, she pulled on the reins to stop the donkey, climbed down from the driver's seat, and went back to look. Almost all of the oil had spilled. Rachel, if you give me all of your oil, I will get you to grandmother's house in a wink. I think that voice is coming from one of the jugs. Rachel pulled out the cork of the wine jug. There was just wine in there. She looked in the milk jug, just milk. She looked in the honey jug, and then she opened the vinegar jug. (gasps) Suddenly, Rachel found herself with the cart and the donkey in front of her grandmother's house. Sitting in the cart was a little tiny man with a long beard and a funny little pointed cap and baggy clothes. Rachel, I am the imp who was hiding in the vinegar jug. If you had given me all of your oil, I would have had your magic pitcher. But instead, when you pulled out the cork, I had to bring you to Grandmother's house in a wink. And now... I won't get any of that oil. And with that, the little imp vanished into thin air. Rachel ran into her grandmother's arms. Look, look what I have brought you. Her grandmother was so grateful to find the gifts of wine, milk, honey, and vinegar. And then Rachel picked up the clay pitcher that she had made. It was empty. Oh, Grandmother, I made this, and I wanted to bring you the olive oil, but it spilled all along the way. I hit so many bumps, and this little strange man... And And just as Rachel was telling her grandmother what had happened... The pitcher once again magically filled with oil. She and her grandmother both dipped in a finger and tasted it. The finest of olive oil. Her grandmother said, Oh, Rachel, you have been blessed with a magic pitcher. If you had given your oil to that imp, you would have lost it forever. But now, come, let's fill every jug in my house. Once they had poured the oil out, 
All Rachel had to do was hold the pitcher in her hands and it would fill again. She and her grandmother brought many jugs of oil to the market and sold them. And soon they had enough gold coins that they would never have to worry about being poor for the rest of their lives. And Rachel and her family shared the oil of the magic pitcher with all of those who were in need. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Joel Ben Izzy and Cindy Rivka Marshall on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor is Mark Goldman. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on Facebook. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. If you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.